Hi, and welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. I'm Chris, and tonight I'm joined by Bridget, Mark, Tony, and Adam. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hey, Hi, Chris. everybody. How's everybody tonight? Awesome. Good. Great. Nice. How are you doing? Me? Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm pretty good. I'm doing great, actually. Selling a bunch of trips. Ooh. Traveling to the world. Not really. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, getting by. So tonight we thought we would talk a little bit about news because there's a few things going on. So I'm going to throw the first news story over to Bridget, something that is near and dear to my heart. Okay, so there's a new annual pass holder discount out and starts on September 15th, and it is 30% off for a limited time on certain merchandise, um, and it goes through October 29th. So that's kind of nice, and I think this was a discount that they were offering over the summer as well. So they've, they've uh, gone ahead and brought it back. Yeah, I took advantage of that when we were there in July. And from what I was told, it was released because, you know, they had so many or so much merchandise left over from Flower and Garden and mm. everything. So they wanted to kind of move that. But I guess they're wanting to move more merchandise again. There was a lot of good stuff in the parks when I was there last week. So they had quite a bit when we were down too. So that makes sense if they want to start moving things out. Is it said what isn't included? Yeah, there's like a big long, like, well, not a big long list, but you know, there's always that little disclaimer, like uh, Yadro, Swarovski, Crystal, Tiffany, oh. all the you know, high-end stuff. So Are gonna... the Doonies included? I do not see Dooney in here. Okay. Looks like Dooney is included, but you can't use it at like Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, which isn't open right now. So, um, and Savage, you can't use it there. Um, Joy Depot, select specialized toys. So that big castle, that crystal castle that they got for sale? I yeah, can't get a yeah. discount on that. Probably not. Oh. Do you know what? I actually have that out in my hallway. I was going to take it to Goodwill. I'll mail it up to you. <laughs> it's only $25,000, right? Total donation. So here's the thing. You've all seen that castle, right? If you yeah. had 25000 I mean, like, who would... Would you put that in your house if you had that kind of money? No. I would have to have money that just needed to burn. Like, I just had to burn it. Yeah. You know, like, there are people that love to collect that kind of stuff, I guess. But that's, I mean, I don't know. I'm the wrong one. a big room to put it in. A big, a big, like, entryway. (laughs) I would much much rather have the Lego castle. Agreed. Than a crystal castle. A crystal castle just collects dust. But pixie dust it collects. See what I did there? I have a lot of Legos that are collecting dust at my house. Okay, do you know who I bet owns that castle? Who? Stamos. Who's the guy? Yes, John Stamos. You know oh. he owns that. He probably has that castle in his bathroom. He's probably got one of every castle, right? There's yeah. six different ones. Oh, my God, you're right. It's probably all over the house. It probably helps like reflect light to make his house a little bit brighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes his hair shiny. Stamos probably has a glass blower come over, blow him a new one, and then he smashes the old one. Yeah. Just uh, yeah. because he can. Let's move on then. I, I am excited about that when I saw that. I was like, yes. Okay. Let's go over to Mark. Something not quite as exciting. And I don't think an AP discount works with this. The big news for fans of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, we have been, since everything was shut down, Savvy's Workshop has been closed. So you haven't been able to build your own lightsaber. But now apparently it, uh, they announced that it's going to be opening soon. It's going to be opening on September 20th. And, and I think I, it sounds like you can make reservations starting the 16th. That is correct. 
so it opens the 20th. You can make reservations on the 16th. They are going to change it a little bit so that it conforms to social distancing and all that kind of stuff. So there's not as many people are going to be able to go in. But yeah, you're going to be able to do that if that's what you've been waiting for. You, you'll have your chance. So this means you didn't, weren't able to build one when you were there, huh, Mark? No, we, we oh, were not. I, I wasn't even really sure where it was. We kind of <gasps> walked around and I didn't even see where, where you would do it at. I think canonically it's supposed to be hidden, so you're not supposed to know. Okay. All right, so that would explain that. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. I wonder if you have to wear like a Darth Vader mask now when you go make it. <laughs> it's my understanding that the people that run it are considered equity actors and that was the reason why it was closed is because the equity actors weren't back to work oh really yeah so now that they fixed their contract like last month i guess they they figured now they can bring them back which is good i thought it was maybe because it was a small space but i've never been in there i haven't either because i'd like to go but i don't want to get the lightsaber because it's expensive i'd watch somebody build it but I don't really need one myself. Sorry. Yeah. I, as, as much of a Star Wars fan as I am, I'm kind of feeling the same way. Like, I, I'd like to sort of see it, but I don't have any desire to drop 200 bucks for it. Yeah, I have no desire to see it. It just, it's a lot of money, right? It's like $200. Yeah. yeah. My All wife right. won't let me buy a lightsaber. Of course not. Do you no. have like a little one from Target? They're like five ninety nine. I'm not even allowed to buy one of those. <laughs> Is that because you'll run around the house and go swish, swish, swish? Pretty much. Yeah. I have boys, so there's a lot of Again. that going on. Again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was slow on the draw on that one. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's move on to, oh, Tony, Disney Plus. What do you know? Lots of action in Disney Plus this, uh, this past weekend. Uh, as most of you should know, the live-action version of Mulan was released on the 4th. And as a result of Mulan's release, Disney Plus downloads of the app jumped 68% over the previous week. Um, between September 4th and September 6th, there were 674,000 downloads uh, of the app. Obviously, not, e- not each one of those is a new subscriber. Um, but it does show that the app is gaining popularity. Uh, Mulan did not have the same type of bump that Hamilton did. Hamilton had a 79% increase in the previous week and brought in a little over 700,000 new app subscribers, not app subscribers, app downloaders, I guess is the right term. So I don't know about you guys, but I took the premiere route. I did pay $29.99 so that I could see Mulan. And more importantly, because I am a Disney Disney Rewards Club member for their uh, movie rewards, um, you get 300 rewards points if you purchase the Premiere Plus version of Mulan. And that will, once you purchase it, be available on your Disney Plus account. Uh, if you have not purchased it, uh, you have until November 2nd to do so. And then it goes off of Disney Plus uh, for a month and will be back for free on December 4th. You know, I actually did. I'm not allowed to buy a $200 lightsaber, but I was allowed to purchase uh, Mulan for $30 on Premier Access. So, Tony, how does it work? We haven't seen it yet, but we intend to. So we, we are Disney Plus subscribers. So then what do you do? There's just an option to purchase it. Okay. And then it just shows through the Disney Plus app. Correct. It, it shows, it show, I think it showed up under a new release. Um, and then I went there and it shows up as a Premier release. And you had to... You know, click on a few more buttons to uh, to actually make the purchase. Okay. So, but uh, a pretty seamless process. 
And uh, now I have it available, which is cool. Uh, but that's not the only Disney Plus news. There is some other news for September. We have some new shows coming in. I know Mark and Adam were, are very excited for National Geographic's Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom, which is coming on September 25th. Uh, this yes. eight-episode series is going to be narrated by Josh Gad, and it's going to take you behind the scenes into the animal care facilities in the park, as well as introduce you to the staff that looks after the creatures. Um, so there's going to be a whole bunch of uh, behind-the-scenes footage there, which is pretty cool. And uh, why are you guys excited? I love, I, I love the Animal Kingdom. I love everything about Animal Kingdom. I don't, but huh. I, I mean, I can appreciate it on like some <laughs> levels, but I mean, visually I enjoy it. I like Pandora and Tiffins, but every, everything else, you know. I just think the detail there, like I yeah. could spend all day in Africa. Yeah. And when they have the live performers there and, and just kind of like just looking around at those buildings and I just think there's, yeah. the detail is amazing. See, that's, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy just kind of looking around. But I mean, overall, I mean, it's absolutely my least favorite park. And and that's after anything in California or in France, too. Animal Kingdom probably is like the most on-theme park that we've got now. That's not all jumbled around. And uh, I think these backstage things are great. Similar to the Imagineering story, but this is more, you know, in-depth as to what goes on at that park in terms of caring for the animals. I think it's great for your kid that wants to maybe work with animals in some capacity, you know, maybe spark your, you know, desire as to learning all about that. I wish we would get more of this stuff with all the parks. Are they paying the cast members acting fees to do this? No. So the talent is there. They just got to have a camera crew and then somebody's got to edit it. You know, it doesn't seem like it's that complicated, but what do I know? You know, plenty. You really do. Okay. Yes, he does. But but I've got two more two more points oh, and, then, and then a rumor. Coming on August 23rd, uh, you may have seen Frozen, but what you don't know are the real origins of, of Frozen's Olaf. Once Upon a Snowman is an animated short that is going to premiere on October 23rd, and this is going to cover his untold origins. Hmm. You mean his water? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Carrot out in the field, maybe coal in the ground. His father was water. His mother was a cold breeze. The two of them got together, and look what we have. You're actually going to see the oxygen element bond with the hydrogen. This could be great. There you go. So (laughs) I have to tell you, Mr. Wizard. That's why I'm here. A friend of mine, she just, you guys know her, Liz, she hates Olaf so much. So when she found out that I, a sarcastic person, enjoys Olaf and actually loves Olaf. She was really, she thought I was faking. And like for two or three months, like whenever I would bring up Olaf, she would be like, you're lying. I'm like, no, I love Olaf a lot. I'll be watching this. I'm excited. Excellent. And then the following week, uh, I know Mark and myself and probably Adam are very excited for the season two debut of the Mandalorian. Yes. uh, Which picks up right where season one left, left off. Um, it's a, going to be another eight-episode season, and uh, very excited about that. Very much. Now I will hit you with a rumor, and that is that we will be getting some Young Avengers to Disney+. Plus. Young Avengers is, a, is based on a comic book series uh, where they're younger versions, not age-wise, of the heroes, but more, more along the lines of like teen heroes and heroes' kids. So one of the components of the Hawkeye show on Disney+, Plus. Uh, is going to be Kate Bishop. She actually takes over the mantle of Hawkeye. Uh, she's a young Avenger, as is Iron Lad, who is a younger version of Iron Man. 
uh, the Hulkling, who is the child of the Hulk, Patriot, who is uh, somehow related to Captain America, and Speed and Wiccan, who are the children of the Vision and Wanda, uh, as you may know them from uh, Avengers, as well as Cassie Lang, who is Scott Lang, Ant-Man's child, uh, and she becomes a a hero by the name of Stature. So there's been some talk with Kevin Feige, who is the uh, studio boss, Marvel Studios boss, uh, mentioning that these characters will be introduced during Phase 4 and will more than likely head up a show on Disney Plus of their own. Oh, wow. And it's yeah. live action? I would, so it's, I, it I, is, at first I thought you were talking animated. But... It is live action. We will, also oh, wow. be getting, we will also be getting Speed and Wiccan in the WandaVision series. Okay, so first of all, the WandaVision thing, like he's a computer and I don't know how that works. I just have an issue with that. And secondly, I did not know the Hulk had any children. I thought the Hulk was kind of like, you know, not into relationships because he was a Hulk and he had a he had an anger problem and he knew it was a bad idea. So this is all messing with my head. Hey, Mouse More listeners, I just want to interrupt the program to let you know for the next 2 minutes and 45 seconds we talk about the new live-action Milan, and if you're looking to avoid spoilers, I would suggest fast-forwarding about 2 minutes and 45 seconds at the end of this clip so that you can uh, go into the new movie fresh. If you don't care or if you've already seen it, you can uh, continue to listen. Thanks. <laughs> I do have a question kind of related to this. Who watched? Okay. So Mark and Bridget, you haven't watched Mulan yet. No, no, I think we're, that's on the schedule for this weekend. Right. But Tony, you did. And Adam, did you watch it yet? No, I did not. I watched the animated version this past weekend. Does not count. Okay. (laughs) I have to tell you, I loved that movie. I loved it, but it wasn't really, you know what it made me feel like? It made me feel like Black Widow meets Mulan. Cause like she was so, she was good, but it didn't feel like a Disney movie. And it really felt like, like it was very all about female empowerment, you know? And it just like, you know, Bridget, you know, when the, um, when the girl who plays the witch, is it, what is her name? Gong Lee in her, in her, you know, she's like, Hey, you know, I'm forced into this role because I'm a strong woman and mm-hmm. nobody, you know, they can't handle this. I was really good. Like my uh, daughter and I loved it. So you, you'll like it a lot. That's yeah, I remember, I Well, I think it. I saw you post something about it and I was like, oh, yeah, we got to watch that. Uh, we, I, we enjoyed it and it was, it was like a hundred minutes. So it's not like super long. So, yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I do agree with your assessment of that she is a, a Chinese black widow. I didn't like the fact that when they were making the live action movie, which of course was supposed to be a theatrical release, uh, that they said we're going to remove some of the more fantasy elements like a talking dragon uh, so that we can have a film that is more grounded in realism. And then they bring us a film that is grounded in magic and chi and has. If you've ever watched old Chinese movies, what is considered to be wire work, uh, where there's a lot of like stunt action, you know, like spinning through the air, uh, much in the vein of a superhero that you couldn't do in real life. So they brought us this fantastical world, but they couldn't give us a talking dragon. I I thought that was a little ridiculous. Yeah, my daughter. I still like the movie, though. Yeah, my daughter um, wanted Mushu back. <laughs> so, and I did hear a lot of kids complain and say, oh, you know, there was no music, which, you know, I totally get. But I thought it was so good. It was like you could definitely watch it on a lot of different levels. And I, I 
loved it. So like there were there were very subtle hints in the soundtrack of the score. Yeah. Of some of the tunes, like when she was getting ready and putting her makeup on, mm-hmm. you know, it was going back to some of the, you heard like little hints of the tune and it was like, well, they, they worked the song in now they're not singing it, but you know, there's that song that was on the soundtrack. Okay. Next up is some very exciting news from Adam. I don't know how exciting it is. Come on, don't ruin it for us. I'm sorry. Uh, so the People Mover, the, officially the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover in Magic Kingdom, has been closed since before the shutdown. It had an issue. There was some smoke. Nobody really knows what happens. But it's been closed like a week before the shutdown, and then the shutdown, and then since it opened, it's been closed. So unfortunately, originally it was scheduled to come back from refurbishment October 31st, but now we're looking at November 21st. So it just got bumped back another three weeks. Do you know why? Do you know what I heard? And this is all inside information, so I'm just sharing it with you guys and the five people who listen to this show. What I heard is that they were redoing the seats in comfy plush velvet. What? No way. They were adding throw pillows. It's going to be really nice. (laughs) Shut it. On the music. It's going to be it's going to be really nice situation. So it's going to be worth waiting for, guys. Velvet seats, pillows. I'm in. Music. Now we just need somebody to fan me as we go. Well, I heard they're hiring people for that. Okay. You to go, pay Omar. Extra. You got In it. fact, I, I heard that's going to be Adam's summer job. So. <laughs> It'd be hot, but, you know, don't spread that around, okay? Because I don't want to get in trouble with my, I don't want to ruin my inside, uh, my inside, you know, scoop. I think we're going to finish this up with something nice and gloomy. And who better for that than Tony? Yay. How's everyone doing? Uh, I'm actually giving this uh, story in an Eeyore costume because it, it makes me feel really sad. But analysts from Deutsche Bank, about a month and a half ago, they put out a statement that analysts had stated that Disney was not doing well, which we all know. Um, and then Disney announced that they had lost a $10 billion in revenue in fiscal year 2020 due to COVID-19. Well, those same Deutsche Bank analysts uh, are looking at 2021 as being another lost year for Disney. The only thing that is holding Disney up right now is the strength of their Disney Plus streaming service. Uh, so thank God they managed to get that in last November. But they are saying that Disney will probably not be healthy fiscally until the year 2023, which is when they expect park revenue to go back to pre-pandemic levels. They're they're saying that it's going to take at least two and a half to three years to get Disney back to where they they were prior to the pandemic. So, okay, I have a question. That doesn't necessarily mean the parks are going to be empty. That just means that because of the losses they suffered in 2020, in order to get out of the red, you know, these couple of years are going to have to, you know, next year is going to have to be good just to get where they need to be. Does that make sense? Part of it relates to the fact that they don't think full recovery can begin until there is a treatment and or a vaccine widely available. Uh, That until, until that point, they don't expect there to be, you know, the same visitor numbers and obviously Disney, you know, won't be back at 100% capacity until there's probably a, a vaccine or a treatment available. I would agree um, with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it seems like, you know, they're definitely pushing ahead with increasing crowds. We know that. 
and they're opening more restaurants. They just opened what Gaston's and um, what was the other thing they opened? Oh, Cinderella's Royal Table without characters. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they think they can kind of support this, right? They're on, you know, target to open more hotels. I know Art of Animation in November. That's 10,000 people that can stay there if they're at maximum capacity. So, I mean, I guess they're optimistic, but they're not optimistic, I guess, until, you know, we actually get a vaccine. I think that's true. And they are saying that by by 2025, this will all be in the rearview mirror and that Disney's revenue will be $10 billion higher than pre-pandemic levels. And why do you think that is? Because that's what the boys from Deutsche Bank say. <laughs> and when the boys, Tony <laughs> boys from Deutsche Bank talk, uh, you know, everybody listens. <laughs> yeah, I think it all depends upon how comfortable people are traveling. And I heard somebody, because I watch a lot of CNBC now because I'm home a lot. And, and somebody said they're going to, next year is going to be revenge traveling, it's called. Where people will want to get revenge out in 2020 and want to travel. As long as they're comfortable gathering, I mean, Disney has that great reputation of being safe, which you guys, most of you guys have been there, and you know how safe it is, and how much right. precautions are taking. So as long as people are willing to get on an airplane, and I think I think airfare will be, I think it will be relatively cheap, because they just have a lot of planes, and they got to get people on these planes, and they're not going to want to, I guess, overcharge them. I think the big thing for Disney is getting international guests back in, Brazilian guests, the UK, and if they're economically able to come in. Because I think by next, I'm hoping by next year, everybody will be able to travel wherever they want to go again, but it's just can they afford it? And I don't know how the economy of, especially Brazil, is going to be for people to travel up here and spend, you know, two weeks at Walt Disney World. That's the unknown, is how economics are going to be. I think I'm optimistic that by next year, vaccine will be widely available because they're rushing as fast as they can but it's just you know overcoming that fear i guess but more importantly can you afford to travel with this whole covid thing i'm just you know it's come full circle it started with a bat and now they've shut down production on batman because batman has covid that has nothing to do with disney i just wanted to say oh my gosh you're right i saw that the guy who played uh what's his name rob pattinson yeah that guy right Robert Pattinson from the uh, the witch movies, the sparkly vampire movies. Or the guy yeah. who died in Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah, I saw that, that he has it. So it's hard to tell, like as far as bookings for us go, it's kind of hard to tell if things are up because we moved a lot of people to 2021. But also, you know, there's a lot of resorts aren't open. Like we can't book French Quarter. Bridget and I were just talking about how she can't book clients for next October. So, I mean, there's a lot of limitations on what we can do. So when those open up, it's going to be a nice day. Yeah, so. it'll be a fabulous day. I hope so. I just, yeah, need, we- them, I just need them to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, did you happen to catch that article about the Port of Galveston? Yeah, I did. I guess they there was a talk with the CEO of the Port Authority who had been in contact with the Disney Cruise Line. And apparently he was told that when Disney resumes operations, they will be at 70% capacity or a max capacity of 70% of the ship. So they're talking about it, which is a good thing. It sounded like they were focusing on on beginning of the year between November and January. That would be good. Because hmm. that's not I mean, that's not a now, I've never sailed out of Galveston, but I'm assuming it's a smaller port, correct? You know, it's no smaller than, you know, any other port. I mean, ports are really tiny. You know, Baltimore is yeah. pretty small, but there's a yeah. good number of ships that go out of there. 
I mean, Galveston is... I feel like is... Port Canal- Canaveral is like a larger port than like when we sailed out of New York. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I think Port Canaveral is actually smaller because there's only, what, five or six terminals there? They don't really service that many cruise lines. I don't know. I was just, I was curious to just, you know. Yeah, I think they're a big hub for um, cruising in the Gulf. Gotcha. Okay. And some of the some of the Caribbean itineraries. Yeah, that makes sense. With cruising, the big thing is, and they have that Abbott test, that 15-minute results, and it doesn't use a machine. It uses like a, a credit card thing, and it uses the same technology, I think think as like a pregnancy test where it's like sort of semi-instant results that's got fda approval so i think for a cruise ship to work i think everybody is going to have to get tested right away right when they board and if you have you got a lot on and they also mentioned that when cruising does resume disney is going to be more stringent with their port arrival times so that they could uh, do social distancing inside the port terminal um, and that there would be increased health checks prior to boarding. Yeah, and it was like said something that the the cruise ships might leave later because they have to space everybody out so much as far as their arrival times. You sign some kind of waiver when you go on a cruise, right? Health yeah, waiver kinda. or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no different than like now with the park passes. When you book a park pass, isn't there like a waiver thing that shows up? You have to sign for or agree to, I guess, for Disney World. Oh, you mean the the park pass agreement? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, honestly, there was one in line at Chick Fil A. I noticed. Look <laughs> like everywhere you go. Yeah, you can't sue us. Yeah, so I, I'm sure they're going to do that on the cruises. Right. They would have the same thing, probably even bigger, and they probably like are allowed to test you as many times as they want. And and I could see them testing every day. By honest, like oh you're not allowed gosh. to leave your, like you can't leave your uh, your room for the day if you you know if you got to show them the card that says you're clean. I don't see that happening. You know, I do think they'll have some kind of waiver, just like they do at Walt Disney World. And they'll definitely test people, you know, before they get on the ships. I don't think they would do every day. But, you know, I mean, it is worth mentioning, I think, that none of Disney's ships had a major outbreak, even the ones that there was, you know, a couple that were sailing after, you know, all the uh, everything happened after they closed down, they were still at sea. I think Disney has some pretty good, you know, safety and, you know, in place already, but they're just going to have to do more of that. I mean, the bigger question is, you know, will people feel comfortable cruising? If my inquiries for DCL are any indication, yeah, they're they're going to feel comfortable. So, okay. If that's it, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Tony to close out the show. Thanks, Chris. I'd like to remind our listeners that as always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel. Check out their website, MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com. Request a quote and let Chris and her team help plan a memorable vacation for your family. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search on the Mouse and More podcast. And on behalf of Chris, Adam, Bridget, and her boy toy, Mark, This is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More Podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night. Secret is out. (laughs) 